welcome Vicky to the show and uh, and everyone give her a warm welcome. All right, Vicky, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, everyone, this is Vicky Farnham. She runs uh, Defense Training International for Women, correct? Uh, correct. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so, I don't know, let's, uh, I kind of want to start at the beginning. What got you into uh, into the field of self-defense? I married John Farnham. <laughs> Okay, well, I that's imagine probably, that's... that's probably the easiest answer. Um, I've known John uh, longer than anybody else in this industry. I knew John when we were in college, and um, um, we didn't get married then. We didn't. We both went off and married somebody else, and then ended up married to each other. But uh, uh, when I was uh, after I was divorced, and I was living. Um, with just my two daughters, of course, self-defense became a very important issue Mm. uh, in my life. And um, John stopped by several times on his trips across country and and we went out uh, to do some shooting and which was very positive for my young daughters to realize that I could take care of them. And so, you know, that's that's probably the initial uh, reason I got involved. No, that's that's especially a, a single woman with two young daughters. That's uh, I, I I'm naming this episode the great equalizer because above anything else, I believe that uh, the ability for a woman to arm herself with a firearm specifically where blades and blunt objects also have their their places in self-defense i believe a firearm is it probably stands alone in its in its ability and i i i uh i believe that every woman should pursue um self-defense and i fostered amongst the women in in my family so i think that's Awesome that you got into it and then went as far as to uh, start passing the knowledge on to other people. Well, I think particularly in your own home, you may not be ready to carry a gun out in public, uh, but in your own home, if you're thinking about defending yourself and and anyone else who's living in that house with you, uh, you know, your home is is your special place where you should feel secure and your children should feel secure. And so that's a good place to start. And that's where a lot of women start is simply thinking about having a gun in their home, not necessarily carrying a gun. Mm -hmm. Because that's a scary thought. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Now you guys are located out of Colorado, correct? That is correct. How is Colorado on, because Colorado's been, let's just say, a little kooky lately. Um, How have they been on retaining uh, the defense of your Second Amendment? Well, we certainly still have our concealed carry law and, um, uh, you know, our ability to defend ourselves 
is still mm -hmm. strong in Colorado. There have been some other side issues um, with other types of guns and long guns and so forth that Colorado has uh, been making some new laws on. I, I really am not as up to date as I should be probably and able to talk about those particular issues. But as far as your own personal defense and being able to um, have a concealed carry permit and, and protect yourself, that's still going on pretty well. Mm -hmm. You know, Good. we have a lot of rural areas in Colorado. The it's it's the major um, populated areas that are stickier about it. But uh, we have a lot of open country in Colorado, and so it's always a good thing to be able to protect yourself out there. Uh, yes, I was when I was in the service. I was stationed mostly in Colorado. Spent some time in other places, but the majority of my time was at Fort Carson, and I loved it there. Mm -hmm. I imagine Denver might get a little uh, kooky, Fort Collins. Uh, if you're in Pueblo and you're not concealed carry, I think you're crazy. Uh, Trinidad might get a little weird. I don't know. Trinidad, when I was there, was... Uh, was kind of the Portland of Southern Colorado. I don't know what it's like now. Oh, we spent the night there a couple of weeks ago and all was calm, but um, you know, I don't know uh, a lot about Trinidad either. It's um, one of the few population centers in that, in the far Southern part of the state. So, and there is a um, community college there also. Mm -hmm. so who knows what kind of thoughts go on in people's heads yeah who knows <laughs> who knows so all right how does your training work if 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 someone wants to pursue your training they go to your website and i'm just going to go ahead and pull it up right now if that's okay right our main website is defense-training.com mm -hmm. And our schedule is there and you can look through the schedules and see what might appeal uh, to you. And you can sign up right through the, the um, schedule page. And many times I'm teaching with John, sometimes I am assisting him directly in a course, or sometimes we're at a range where we can run two con concurrent classes and John will run perhaps a more advanced class and I'll do a fundamentals class or I'll do a class uh, just for women on a particular topic. So we're often in the same place, but we're not always in the same place. Mm. And then I do um, the very um, specific uh, instructor class on off-body concealed carry. And that's where I really wanted to... Uh to go with this was the off-body concealed carry because uh, you didn't get to hear this in the intro, but I talked about it where that gives a lot of options, uh, especially for women because of their, they're usually more petite than men and their clothing is usually uh, tighter or has different cuts that doesn't allow them to uh, to conceal carry is easy, especially if you're trying to avoid it printing at all. And 
a purse could literally be kind of a mini go bag. You're correct. All the things you said are correct. Um, it, um, hmm. But I might also say, if if you would be so kind uh, to indulge me here, that um, the other reasons you were specifying the the way women, uh, the type of clothing and and the way clothing fits on women compared to men, um, yes, that's certainly an issue. But we really have to stop and think about what how a woman is going to be comfortable carrying a gun. And it may not just be that her clothing is different than her husband's clothing or, or her boyfriend's clothing or the other men in her lives that she knows who find it easy to conceal a gun. Uh, it might be she just does not want it attached to her. She doesn't want the gun on her. It's uncomfortable. It doesn't matter what you're wearing. Mm -hmm. It can be very uncomfortable. And so what is a method that's going to work for her, her that is going to leave her feeling comfortable all day long when she's got that on? So an off-body option might be the best option. But if you look at tactical gear for men, there isn't a single tactical company, 511, First, first Tactical, Maxpedition, Oh, go on and on, name it, Vortex, Vertex, uh, name them all. They all make something in the vein of off-body carry for men. But nobody says that's wrong. No, they? no. No. And no. I mean, off-body for men, it'd, it'd make a lot. If you're, even if you're out hunting or hiking, um, a regular holster exposes, if you're, generally exposes your weapon to uh, more of the dust and the elements when it's in a position you want to be able to get to it quickly. But if you're just carrying one that's going to be on like a chest rig and enclosed rig, yeah, and I don't know, they could probably pop some of those in a in a gentler fabric than the woven nylon and pop a design or a different color on it and uh, – Maybe put a nicer strap on it. Make it look like it was made with a, with a, maybe a little more uh, artistic value than the average man thing. And a woman might be able to use it. But there are lots of options. I mean, there's specially made fanny packs that essentially have a holster in it. Yes. So we can have handbags. Mm -hmm. uh, which, of course, have the worst reputation. We can have a, a waste uh, pack or fanny pack, as they used to be called. Now they're called waste packs. We can have a sling bag, which is like a backpack with only one strap, and it can mm -hmm. be part in front of you or in be and behind you. Or you can have a regular backpack or a briefcase uh, or some kind of a messenger bag or a satchel. Uh, all of those can be found with dedicated pockets and holsters in them or a dedicated pocket with some Velcro so that you can attach a holster inside of that pocket. That's the other thing I was going to ask. Would you, uh, would you suggest that everyone, if they're going to carry in a bag, that they use one that can attach a holster for that, uh, that level one safety 
trigger protection. Absolutely. You need to have, if you're going to carry in a bag of some kind, however we describe it or name it, there needs to be a dedicated pocket, first of all, and there needs to be within that dedicated pocket a way to attach a holster. And usually Velcro is your best option. Uh, and you can find holsters with Velcro backing and you attach that Velcro backed holster to the Velcro inside the bag. And now you have a secure place to put the gun and the trigger guard should be covered. But you have to be careful of the holster because some bags come with holsters. They come with rather generic fabric holsters with some Velcro on them and they some of them are stiff, but many of them collapse. The moment you take the gun out, it collapses. And so getting the gun back in is a chore. Or you can choose a gun-specific Kydex holster. Um, crossbreed holsters in particular have a wide variety of um, holsters in their modular system that have Velcro on the back. And you can attach that Velcro within the bag that you're carrying. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. I, yeah, that's a big suggestion for me is um, you don't want to have any kind of fabric where not to stereotype, but your lipstick tube could accidentally pop the trigger. You want to have it hard and solid against that trigger guard. Well, yes. And, and you, you don't want to put the lipstick in the, in the pocket that has the gun in it. Yeah. And well, again, even- that's and that's one of those and you know Jared, I think you're a very nice guy. Don't get me wrong here, but that's one of those trite overused complaints about off-body carry because everybody thinks that somebody's going to put a gun in a pocket in a handbag or a purse or a backpack and there of course there's going to be a tube of lip- lipstick in there. Or, or whatever, I mean, whatever you keep it. Cause the thing about when it's on a belt is my magazines are in a hard pouch. I, I just by training with them, I know where they are at all times, right. my weapons in the same place. And so you'd want to reflect that in your bag, in your. Absolutely. But we also have to reflect our good training. How mm-hmm. many people who have a waistband holster have shot themselves putting their uh, gun in their holster? I, I, there's, I don't have enough fingers and toes to count those right. today. That's right. as many that's probably been shot today. Yes. Yes. It's, and so we have to go back and look at uh, the training and, and look at the, burden that somebody takes upon their shoulders when they decide to carry a gun and that and by saying that it's a burden to them it is a burden to them to always be paying attention to what they're doing keeping their finger out of the trigger when it's going into the holster so we probably have had more accidents with people putting a gun in their waistband holster with their finger lingering on the trigger than we have had tubes of lipstick pull the trigger that's that is also a hundred percent. That is also, you, you know, and I, I'm just like I've seen a couple of uh, uh, I was looking for one for my girlfriend, and I've seen a couple where there was it acted like a regular purse, but um, there was a zipper uh, on the side of it that mm-hmm. accessed the uh, 
the weapon cargo area. Right. And uh, now she's left-handed. And these zippers, it appears they're made for a right-handed person. It'd be a cross draw from the left. And we haven't been able to find one that works the other way. Unless she wants the flap in, it's still, you know, up in the air. Well, there are many options for her. There are many of the handbags that are available can be are ambidextrous. Depends on how you set up the holster within the pocket. Mm -hmm. the, and the holster can be reversed so that you can use it as a right-hander or a left-hander. The pockets in, uh, in bags that are designed for off-body carry can have a a single zipper. It could be a three-sided zipper. It could be magnets that open that portion or that particular pocket. It could be a flap. It could be Velcro that opens that pocket. So there are a number of different brands out there to look at for her to find one that uh, will be left-handed, that she can set up left-handed. And it doesn't have to be a cross-draw. I am very reluctant to teach people to use their handbag with a cross-draw. Especially on a range, because mm -hmm. a cross-draw is a flag machine, and while it's stored, it's pointing at the yep. instructor. And very important out in public, if you have a situation mm -hmm. where you have to draw your gun, if you're drawing cross-draw, if you are not a trained and, a, and someone who has worked specifically on monitoring how you draw, what fashion you use to draw in cross-draw, you can flag anybody that's around you. And so I like to start by teaching everybody to use their strong hand from a strong side draw rather mm. than a cross-draw. Oh, that's the first excellent piece of advice right there i have a i have a friend she uh her boyfriend i'm not going to name any names and she might yell at me for this her boyfriend uh uh helped her get a pistol selected a pistol with her it's a small one you know reputable manufacturer everything else mm -hmm. and uh and she doesn't wear a heavy belt she clips it on her hip She's walking into the theater. We're in the great state of Utah. If you have a concealed carry permit, unless the theater says do not. Oops. You seem to have frozen uh, from my nope. end. She, it sounds like you're back. Okay, now you're back. One of us got lost. I got an alert. <laughs> yes. But uh, anyway, so she's walking into the theater, and uh, and she's got a holster that's one of those kind of minimalist-style holsters. And so even then, uh, well, anyways, it falls out in the theater walking down the hallway. Uh-oh. <laughs> so... So she gets an ankle rig, thinking that'd be better. And of course, she wears tight jeans. And so it looks like she's packing a huge tumor on the side of her ankle. So I told her, I said, let's just go and find you a decent inside the waistband holster or, or maybe something you could kidney carry, 
you know, something slimmer. Uh, haven't got back with her yet, but I know she was struggling there for a while. And she was looking at one of those elastic belly band holsters, but as much as I like the idea of those, I'm not a fan because I think the fabric's too soft in front of that trigger and it's on your body. And well, yeah. then, uh, and, and I don't mean to, this is not an infomercial by any means, but there are belly bands which wrap around a Kydex holster mm -hmm. so, yeah, that you have, so that you have a form fitted or gun specific Kydex holster uh, to put the gun in. And so now you don't have to worry about the trigger. Yeah. I, I would like that much better um, just because, uh, you know, I realistically Kydex has changed the holster market since it's came out. It's made, uh, however you feel about it, it's made uh, carrying a weapon safer, more convenient because they can shape it and everything else. Leather's a, a good option, but leather carries a little more weight and a little more uh, thickness. And, you know, the Kydex just seems to be a cheaper uh cheaper more pliable option that everyone seems to be going with very true yeah so i'm more than happy to that 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 came out so i want to dig in more into your off-body training course but before i do that uh we have a couple of people that you know are uh, or at least one of them that you know is on here um so Fred says, my wife's day, my wife's everyday carry is in a holster purse. And Mallory says, Vicky, she's yelling, hi, Vicky. Um, hi. And then uh, I think Mallory says, uh, did you not see the purses I posted, Jared? I am sorry, Mallory. I'm, I may have just absentmindedly like a man floated right past those because it's a it's a purse another user says gun toting mama uh fred says sherry his wife is a let she's a lefty and hers is ambidextrous so i'm gonna have to get with fred and uh have a look at that i like the magnets um cross draw is bad get a heavy belt people all right, Fred and I watched a guy drop his gun under his chair <laughs> one row in front of us at the delegate meeting, and he blindly reached under his chair, groping everywhere. I told Fred it might get very exciting in, in here real quick. Good holster, good belt, people. This was at, uh, at the state convention, the state Republican convention. Mm. And they told me a story, from what I remember, is that the weapon fell without a holster on it under his chair. And so he reached down under his chair and just started pawing at it. Oh my gosh. And I imagine that my, my backside would have chewed the seat off of that chair because that would have freaked me out. <laughs> I, I've been around guns all my life and I've seen a lot of uh, unintended firings i've seen a lot of accidents i've seen a lot of stuff you you got to do everything within your power to make it as safe as you can and still achieve 
the training requirements or the goal requirements or hunting, whatever you have to do, but you have to try to follow those safety rules up until that point where you have to use it. You just have to do that. Could you imagine if someone would have shot off a bullet at the Republican convention? CNN would have had a heyday with it. MSNBC would have made it their cover story for the next 25 years. It would have been huge. Oh, jumped ankle rigs need to be placed on the inside shin, not on the side like most people do. That conceals it better. However, there's an issue of cutting off circulation. Also, you want it on the inside uh, because ankle rigs are generally your secondary weapon system. And you want to be able to easily get to it with either hand because chances are if your primary weapon has failed, maybe parts of your body has failed with it. So you want to be able to get to it with both hands. I haven't met, met Vicky yet. Maybe when Sherry attends Vicky's class. Okay, this is Fred. Fred, I think, is going to try to uh, sign his wife up for your class. Are you coming out to in, uh, Utah anytime soon? I am not. John is coming to Utah, but I don't have a class set up that, out there right now. Okay. So, uh, but they can check the schedule and, and see if there's something else close by. Okay. All right. You hear that, Fred? Check the schedule. That'd be really cool to, to now in your off body classes, do you have any men that come to those classes or as well to, to maybe practice with a, you know, hunting pack or a chest rig, or is it specifically females? Well, with... the, the off body class that I think you're referring to is actually an instructor class. It's okay. a three day class of, to certify instructors in teaching off-body carry. And I've been doing those for um, just a little over four years, and I've always had a man in the class. Good. There's been a well, man in every class. Especially if it's in it, do they carry a purse? Well, they have to. <laughs> they have to. When, <laughs> when we go through that class, uh, uh, I have a number of purses uh, from Gun Toten Mamas. I have uh, purses from uh, Zendira, which is another company. I have purses from um, an, a new company up in Montana called Church and State. So I have a lot of different brands. But if you're going to go to that class and learn how to be an instructor, you have to carry an off-body bag. Now, you might one time you carry a handbag and one time you'll carry a backpack and another time you'll carry the briefcase uh, or a waist pack, but we change bags about every two hours. Mm. In, Is in, it a randomization of changing bags? Yes, so they... you, get to, you get to choose which one you want to use for that two hours. And I just encourage people to choose something that's different than they just used. So don't use one with a zipper pocket. Try one mm -hmm. with a magnet pocket. Try one with um, a different shape zipper pocket and learn how to use all of them because there are a lot of different varieties uh, that manufacturers have come up with for pockets. Mm. And, uh, and as an instructor, you need to be familiar with as many as you possibly can. For sure. And also with all the techniques, which is probably the most important part. So right. if you're teaching a, a student that is going to carry a purse, 
you can guide them to a technique that'll make it so that they're safe and uh, and As that fiction. weapon is deployable. Yes, and and that they can deploy that weapon as efficiently as possible mm -hmm. uh, because you'll find if you have a closure that is um, operated by Velcro that pretty soon your hand is all chewed up. Chewed up. Oh, have, yeah. If you have one that is operated, it has to have, have an, a zipper operated in order to get it open. Um, you can use the zipper tab or you can use your thumb to open the zipper pocket. Or you might find that magnets are the most reliable to get your hand in and out of. But, but yeah, I, I would tend to agree. Magnets, because you start getting shot at, are you going to know if you're grabbing the zipper tab? Well, that's why you have to practice and train. Yeah, you'd yep. have you'd have dead fingers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you know, none of this is done reliably unless you really work at your training mm -hmm. and and are dedicated to making sure you can get the gun out when when you need to and to get it out not only efficiently but safely where's your finger where's the muzzle uh where the people around you um how are you orienting the bag how are you stabilizing it so you can get it open there's a process to it and just like drawing from the holster you have to be consistent with it every time mm. yes yeah so, so that it works smoothly and reliably and not in a haphazard fashion mm. so about four years ago you started this off-body project is that what i'm hearing yes uh one of the manufacturers came to me and asked me to put together a curriculum for instructors uh, because this manufacturer was very concerned that the right information get out to the customer. Mm -hmm. uh, how, just because of how we started this conversation, it's so vilified. And, and there are so many misconceptions and so many trite um, ideas about what happens when you put a gun in a, in a handbag or a backpack or a briefcase that uh, something's going to go stupidly wrong. Well, yes, it will, unless we train people. And since people are going to use off-body carry, we need to train them and we need to train instructors to get good, consistent information and skills spread around so we can do it right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, you want to go to where you have the proper equipment. That means you'd probably want to have a purse or a handbag that is as close to, to designed for purpose as it can be. You don't want to just grab any beach bag off the rack. You want to have a purse that's, that can handle it, correct? Well, that's correct. And so that means two things. First, you have to have quality materials, good leather or um, I hate to think of vinyl handbags, but, you know, there are some that are made out of vinyl and plastic and a mole Louis Vuitton purse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, a good leather bag or a good sturdy ballistic nylon uh, that will uh, hold together with the weight of whatever you're carrying in that bag, particularly the gun and, and the spare magazine. But then you also want that dedicated pocket. 
okay, we can come up with any number of bags that have those things that have maybe good leather or good ballistic nylon and a dedicated pocket. But then can you get into the pocket? Can mm. you get your hand in the pocket? Can you get the gun in the pocket and your hand in the pocket? And will but, it retain the holster when you pull the gun out? Will it retain, retain the holster? But can you also get your hand and the gun out of the pocket? Mm -hmm. And I have seen many where you can't do that. Once you get the gun in there, you might be able to get it in, but getting your both your hand and the gun out of the pocket may not be possible because whoever engineered it didn't think about how big it needed to be. Mm, yeah, it's like... Uh, it's like that Japanese game show where you stick your hand through the hole and try to grab the gold bar. Yeah. And hands and gold bars don't fit through the hole together. Right. Right. So you have to be very careful about how you make your choice. Now that now comes in another element. We women can be very particular about what we sling over our shoulder. And so I don't like that one. I don't like the texture. I don't like the design. I don't like the color. Um, so we have to be able to find something that we would enjoy carrying because mm -hmm. it's a part of our, our outfit. Uh, but will it actually accommodate the use that I want to put it to? Mm. And, and so we have to balance those two things. And an instructor who is going to work with somebody who's not carried off body before will help their student make that decision. How do I find the thing that will work for me best and that I would still be proud to carry and, and not look at it and say, oh my gosh, that looks like, you know, that just shouts military tactics or police tactics and I don't want to wear that. Why would I ever wear that? <laughs> <laughs> like the, the pencil thin dress and the, Navy sea bag over the yeah, shoulder. Yeah, with all the, the uh, uh, Molly strips on it, so you can put all kinds of stuff <laughs> hanging on the outside. So there has to be a balance. Uh, you guys do the same thing when choosing holsters, even though the holsters aren't visible. Well, I wouldn't well, carry that holster. Now, I, I don't want to call myself out, <laughs> but the pistol I carry... Um, while I'm working, because I, I, I'm a handyman, I work in a lot of construction, I carry a, uh, a fully naked, just a, a basic, really slim pistol, because I carry every day. But my holster is, uh, I bought it for my girlfriend, not paying attention. She's left-handed, like I said before. I bought it, had it sent here. It's a right-handed model. So I turned around and bought her another one, a left-handed one, in that Tiffany uh, aqua green color. Yeah. I, they call it Tiffany blue, but right. it looks green to me. And uh, and our pistols are not the same caliber, but they're the same make, same model, and uh, they're both the same size in the uh, in whatever else. So the the holsters between our pistols are interchangeable. So. But I like the holster. I like the way it, I mean, it's this company out of Texas. It was just a, I bought it because it came in that color. So now I've been cruising around with a, uh, a girl colored holster forever. And I don't mind. It's a comfortable holster. <laughs> you know, 
I mean, Tiffany blue's not as bad as pink, but if it's comfortable, that's where I, because I'm crawling into attics and under houses, it's got to be comfortable. Absolutely. And I might lay on it and I might, you know, bang it into stuff. So that's what I do. Yeah. Good for you for admitting that. Yeah, I, I'm not scared. <laughs> uh, Mallory says her husband is goofy. He shoots pistol right-handed and shoots his carbine left-handed. I married a weirdo. My grandfather was a, you know, an old guy, a Korean War era vet. And he was ambidextrous because growing up back then in rural Utah and also before that rural Canada, they forced you to learn to write and do everything right-handed. So he's fully ambidextrous. Mm -hmm. He could shoot just as good with either hand. He could write. He could everything and it worked out for him in the end because can't tell you how many times i've had to drive a nail and it's on the left hand side of a wall in a corner and i get a stumble through that uh just missing nails and bending them over the whole time with my left hand i wish i was ambidextrous oh that's a good point yeah never thought of that but yes there are many people who uh shoot one gun one way and another gun another. I I have a daughter who's left-handed and but she's pretty ambidextrous uh, shooting handguns left or right because she instructs also, and so she found it was easier to to master it both ways. But she shoots all of her rifles right-handed. Mm. Uh, it, what, does it have to do with dominant eye or anything, or is it just what shooting a rifle right-handed? Yeah, I mean, is she right eye dominant? No. But rifles are made for right-handed shooters. That's true. She doesn't want brass hitting her in the chin. Yeah. So uh, when your rifle is set up as a right hand for a right-handed shooter, go ahead and learn how to shoot right-handed, and and don't worry so much about eye dominance. Mm. With a mm. handgun, it's no problem. Just bring the gun up in front of the right uh, the dominant eye, and your rifle. If you don't want to go through that problem of, of shooting a right-handed rifle left-handed, then just learn how to shoot it right-handed. You'll be fine. Mm. Mm. That's a good point because that is a, a huge complaint with lefties whenever they approach any of the AR platforms or its offshoots, any of the uh, – especially the guys that shoot the uh, bullpup platforms because that pushes the receiver back like three inches. Right. Right. I've been doing this a very, very long time, Jared. And what I find is that if nobody has ever made a big deal about eye dominance, people don't have a problem with switching shoulders. Hmm. If they were started in their training with this emphasis on eye dominance, then they're reluctant to change because they've been convinced that they can't do it. Hmm. That's not true. That's a good point. John's left eye dominant. Yeah. He shoots everything off his right shoulder. So it really doesn't throw you off. Uh, it doesn't throw you off as much as, well, like as it. I was. Now, if you have an eye injury or a particular eye problem with one of your eyes, that's a whole different story. And of course, we run into people like that all the time. They mm -hmm. might be blind in one eye, or one eye might be so 
um, messed up that that they can't get anything close to a good sight picture. Well, then you have to find a rifle that works for the or a shotgun uh, that works on your opposite shoulder than from your dominant eye. But um, I would just suggest to people try it. And especially in this day and age when many people keep both eyes open while shooting a rifle, uh, if they have, particularly if they have an optic, it's not a big deal. Unless you started your training with that concept that you have to only use your dominant eye. So I, I'm ruined. You can't just, I mean, I can, I'm pretty good both handed. Uh, I've had previous trainings in the past where we had to function with both hands. So I've tested those skills, but yeah. Um, but if you're an old guy, can't teach those old dogs new tricks. <laughs> Depends on who the teacher is. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. So back to when you first started this four years ago, mm-hmm. when you sat down, what was your process? Well, here, let me ask this. Were you off body carrying before that? Or was this something that you kind of worked with the manufacturers and designed a, a process from the start? I first off body carried over 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. When uh, even before I became a full time firearms instructor with John, um, I was a. I did some other things when I, where I was out and about a lot and uh, I was in charge of a lot of people. And so I carried off body. It wasn't, no one thought it was a good idea uh, whatsoever, but there were some manufacturers who made handbags. And so when I needed to do that uh, in my other job, I did it mm. uh, because it was the only way to be sure that I had something with me that could be used for self-defense. And, um, oh, Coronado Leather, if you're familiar with Coronado Leather, they've been around far longer than 35 years ago because that's probably how long ago it was that I carried one of their briefcases. And uh, they're one of the top in the, in the line. They make very, very fine things out of uh, Coronado, uh, California. So I was... I had done it then, and then I got away from it for a long time uh, because people were so against it. And then when a manufacturer came to me and said, could you put together a curriculum? I, they had to twist my arm, but finally twisted my arm enough that I did it. And so I started just with the basics of how are we going to carry this bag and be as efficient and as as cautious as we possibly can while getting the gun out of the holster and apply all of the defensive handgun skills that I had learned with John over the years. So you had to combine those two things. So I just sat down uh, with pencil and paper and and someone else that I was consulting with at the time and, and we came up with a good plan and I use the bags. How am I going to use this bag to accomplish what I want to do? And that's why I don't teach cross or uh, cross draw because I there just isn't a way to do that consistently well. 
-hmm. And so everything is on the strong side uh, that I do. And, and we went through um, step by step. I've been teaching with John for a very, very, very long time. And so I knew the steps that I wanted to go through to get from having a bag that's secure in a holster to getting a gun to eye level. I knew those steps. I knew what needed to be done to accomplish the goal of getting the gun out and on target. Now, what bags work best? Some are lousy. <laughs> <laughs> so even from the manufacturer who got me started on this, and I'm very, very direct about it, that that bag doesn't work very well. This bag works better over here. Did this they take your advice and modify the bag? In a, in no. A, they didn't? They kept just putting the putting the, the Uncle Mike's out on, the, out on what, the shelves? What I have learned is that just because you manufacture something – doesn't mean that you understand how to use it. Yeah, but they had you. They didn't. They, when you said, hey, this part doesn't work, they didn't say, it's a good idea. We're going to name it the version two. We're going to charge an extra 30 bucks. On, on occasion, yes. But not everything has been modified uh, according to uh, my version. Um but you know, I have to tell them this this works this works really well, but this doesn't work really well. Will they keep making it? Yeah, they'll probably keep making it. Mm. Unless I say, you know what, this is this is a lawsuit waiting to happen. Yeah. And yeah. and in most cases I haven't found anything that's that drastic, but I look for efficiency and and we just don't have efficiency in every single bag. Yeah. But let's face it. Concealed carry is an inf an inefficient means of carrying, regardless, because yes. the minute you throw a shirt over it, so yes. I think training can defeat a lot of your a lot of your problems. The, oh, it, the abs it absolutely does. But if I could um, just give you an example, though, of what the direction you were going in, if you put on that uh, belt holster, waistband holster. And then you put your Hawaiian shirt over the top of it. And then maybe you put a vest on it because it's a little cool that day. And then you put your down jacket on top of that because it's really cold that day and the wind is howling and you live out west. And and now you're out in a situation where you might want to draw that gun. How many layers are you going to go through before you get that gun? Uh, you're going to, unless, okay, here's how you have to do it. And no one does this. You have to get dressed that morning. And then you walk into your training area with an empty weapon and you practice a 50, 100 times. Oh, yeah. And then you might be ready until about lunch. And then after you've had that burrito and all your blood has been sent to your stomach and you become uh, afternoon retarded, you've got to start over again. And that's uh, that's mm -hmm. honestly the only way. Mm -hmm. Well, when I was in uh, let's last October, I did the instructor class in Montana up in Three Forks, Montana. Uh, it was the last week of October and an early storm came through. Of course, I had a class scheduled. You knew, oh, yeah. a, storm. You knew a storm was gonna come through. Uh, and uh, we had six inches of snow and it was 18 degrees. And we were still on the range. 
We were still out there on the range. But you know what? With six inches of snow on the ground and 18 degrees, you can get to your gun a whole lot faster when it's in an off-body carry bag on the outside of 13 layers of jackets. That's the truth. That's the thing. Because if you train with that bag, doesn't matter if you're wearing a skirt, a dress, a pair of flip-flops, if you're wearing a, a whatever, because you've trained with your holster the same way every time. It's always the same distance from your shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. And it worked great. And and those ladies were, wow, I'm cold. But and if I had my gun in a in a holster in my belt, I would never get to it. I have so many layers on. Uh, but that wasn't true because everything was outside of your coat. Mm -hmm. So well, not just that, but there's a couple downsides with uh, with carrying with a holster. If if it's summer, you've got to be committed to wearing a vest or wearing a T-shirt that looks like it's made for the older brother and it was hand-me-down from last Christmas. You, you have to commit to that. Mm -hmm. Wear off-body, you can wear the most comfortable clothes for your your whatever you're doing, your activity, whatever. You could off-body carry going to the gym mm -hmm. how would you be able to off body carry in a pair of those uh those yoga pants right. or, or how would you be able to holster carrying a pair of yoga pants you just can't well there is a company that makes a holster or makes yoga pants with a holster in it but yeah yeah again how comfortable is that and again uh unless you wear something large and bulky over the top of it somebody's going to spot it it, there's that and then there's also sure there might be a place in yoga pants where you could seat a weapon and gain a little bit of concealment but do you want to be that person who's going elbow deep in your own pants to find that sweet spot you know right. and then getting it put away mm -hmm. uh, quickly is is not going to happen yeah yes Yes, yes. That that's always been a concern. Um, I'm not a fan of uh, shoulder rigs for the same reason. Uh, the old shoulder rigs from like back in the '70s, where the where the weapon was carried horizontally. I look at those now, and I'm like, oh, now they've got them vertically, but still, you know, aside from the cross draw and the flagging. You know, what happens when you put on the jacket and then the overcoat and then whatever else or, you know, everything like that. Or off-body carry. And then if you're going to the bathroom, you, you know, for the guys out there, if you're carrying a weapon, you go to the bathroom, you undo your belt, your pants immediately fall to the ground, and you're standing there looking dumb at a urinal. Yeah, so no, I, I agree. I just... Wish they made a purse in my color. <laughs> well, there are enough styles of bags out there now. You could find one that you could use um, quite readily without anybody suspecting there was something in it. Oh, yeah. And imagine, I mean, you know, like if you're concealed carry, and uh, you've got a weapon on one hip and two spare magazines on the other hip. That's substantial space. Mm -hmm. But in off-body carry, 
you could have a weapon and four spare mags and a flashlight and a knife and a OC spray. Yeah, OC spray or whatever. Mm -hmm. And have it all in one place where you could get at it quite readily. And you could train the dirt out of using it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Oh, man, that's great. So what was your process in, in building this training? Aside from telling the manufacturer, hey, this bag really doesn't work, and the manufacturer going, oh, well, that's fine. We're sending 800 units to Cal Ranch tomorrow. Uh, we're going to ignore you. What was the process of that? Did you get a whole bunch of bags and you and John just go to the range and just start practicing, practicing, and practicing? Oh, well, you know, first of all, let me – uh, make sure you're not under any false delusions here. John has nothing to do with this. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> now, uh. it's it's not that he doesn't agree with with uh, off-body carry. And, uh, and He's the one who told me you had the course. I was real interested when he told oh, me. Oh, yes. But he doesn't do the course. I mean, he doesn't teach the course. I'm, yeah. the, I'm the one who teaches the course. Um, but, I, you know, I learned everything I know from him. Most mm -hmm. everything I know from him. I've learned from a lot of instructors, but I've been very, very fortunate. Uh, but using those bags, yes, manufacturers send them to me. Uh, uh, Gun and Mamas is probably the largest manufacturer. Uh, Smith & Wesson manufactures some, and Galco um, is another, and... Mm, um, then there are some uh, that are not even associated with the gun industry that have put holsters in some of their handbags. Honestly, that's the way I would go. Because I'm thinking a handbag that says Smith & Wesson on it. Right, you know, right. That's like, that's like wearing a Glock hat walking around and everyone's going to know. Okay. Yes, yes. Um but so, I'm sure Smith & Wesson makes a fine bag. I do like Smith & Wesson weapons. Mm -hmm. Thank you. But they do have their little logo on it. And so if you know the Smith & Wesson logo, um, you know, you might detect that. Or Browning. Browning yeah. bags, too. So some of the companies that – now, GTM, their name is Gun Toten Mamas. They changed that to GTM um, not long after they started. Uh, because it that was a better name than saying Gun Toten Mamas because of that identity problem. Mm -hmm. And so um, they make probably the largest variety of handbags. I'm going to have to check that out. Gun Toten Mamas. Right. I like the name too. That just, just sounds like fun. And, and I'm really appreciative. Nowadays, uh, you know, 20 years ago when I – well, I don't know, 30 years ago now, when I first started down this path, um, there wasn't as many females open to it or into it. And and granted, men kind of pushed them out, but they weren't interested then either. But as of late, um, the females started getting more, uh, started getting more into it. And then also... Uh, how do I put this? 
they they started kind of becoming sex symbols when they had guns. So you started seeing them show up at different gun shows or if a gun was to be showed off, they got a model to show it off like they were selling a boat at a boat fair, you know, and, but I think that's good because it brings more, it opens the industry up to, 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 uh, to females and that just gets more people involved and it gets more, uh, more variety and more opportunity for people who take self-defense serious in their life. That's very true. When I started in this business with John, what, 36, 37 years ago? Long time. Before you, probably. Oh, no. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, I, was, I was born then. I was, what, how old would I have been then? I, I'd have been, I was a teenager then. <laughs> um, uh, there were very few women coming to class. Uh, class after class after class after class. I was the only woman. And then occasionally there'd be somebody's wife would come to class. Uh, and it's only in the last 10 years that we have really seen large numbers of women come to classes. And, um, oh, maybe, maybe 15 years. But with the advent of the two large um, groups that attract women, particularly that have are clubs, for women that are national, uh, that has certainly changed things and for the better. Yes, a hundred percent. And I'm a, I'm one of those. I believe that, uh, I want every woman armed because yeah. yes. you would, but we, it, if I'm interrupting, I apologize, but no, no, here's, go on. here's the problem that we see though. We see women, growing in numbers, but we see them talking about the same old tried, trite uh, premises that have come from men for decades. Oh, you can't carry off body. You can't, you shouldn't um, carry an auto loader. You should carry a revolver because an auto loader is too complicated for you. <laughs> uh, you should only shoot 22s or or nine millimeter at the most or maybe a 380 you know you shouldn't do this you can't do this because 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 you're female uh, yeah. and, and then so on she's getting all kinds of mixed messages well i need to protect myself but i shouldn't use this gun and i can't carry this way because those are bad and and so all of those very, very trite things that have been villainized so much are carried over. And when you talk to a group of women, you're going to hear them say, and I've heard them say it back to me, I can't, I would never do that. I would never carry off body because my instructor uh, told me that that's the most horrible thing to do. Oh yeah, well, what if you're eight months pregnant? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, what if you just had surgery? What if you have a body cast because you were in an automobile accident? What if you have um, a child on your hip and you don't want to put that child on your hip with a gun sitting underneath it? What are you going to yeah. do? You know, are you going to start thinking for yourself? Or are you going to listen to the old trite things that have been said for decades that you can't do this at all because, oh, how horrible that would be? Mm. Because men were never in the same situations that women are in. No, no. Um, another thing with off body carry, 
is uh, you could carry literally an indirect weapon. You could carry a howitzer in a purse. <laughs> you could be you could be packing. I mean, just think about it. With the correct forty-five long colt, you could have ball, hollow point, four ten ball, hollow. You you could just you could imagine the way you carry at that point. Mm-hmm. You could have I mean, a desert eagle. Rarely have I seen a guy carry a desert eagle under a shirt and be able to conceal it. Right. But right. off body, you could carry that and you could conceal it. Yeah. Nobody knows what you have. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not true when you carry on your waist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you know what to look for, you can spot somebody carrying uh, many times when they think that they are completely invisible, but that's yep. true. But when you're carrying off body in, in some kind of a, a bag, there's no telling what you have in there. Whether yeah, you have a you, little nubby or, or you have a desert eagle. You could be bringing the beast to the feast and no one would know it. And another thing, women's bodies where their hips shape out more, carrying it on the hip means that they've got to defeat the natural curve of their body. Yes. And yep. off body, you can make a straight draw. Yeah. Men have no hips. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that is very true. It makes it a little easier on that part. But no, it's, but then again, the belts don't retain the pants as easy. So that's another thing. You got to pull your pants up all day long. Right. Or wear suspenders. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know a lot of guys who wear suspenders because not only you have no hips and then you put the weight of a gun and a, mm-hmm. a magazine or two on that belt and the right, the belt won't function because there are no hip bones to um, set that belt on top of. So one of John's favorite sayings <laughs> is where you stand depends on where you sit. <laughs> if you stop and think about that for a moment, you know, you have to do what works for you. And and too long we have been listening to uh, concepts and, and, and theory that you have to do it this way. You just have to do it this way. Any other way is, is inconceivable and it's uh, wrong, just plain wrong. Well, we're all different. We're all individuals. Our bodies are shaped different. You have different challenges to face. Um, how are you going to handle this? I, uh, someone I've known in the business for many, 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 many years suddenly finds himself in a wheelchair uh, from a stroke. And it's like he doesn't know where to begin now. Well, an off-body carry bag works perfectly well in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And a waistband holster does not. That's right. Or you and, have the wheelchair specially made. Under the right forearm rest is a 12 gauge. Under <laughs> the left forearm rest is a, I don't know, let's go with a 10 millimeter. You could have some kickouts, James bonded up. But other than that, yeah, off body's the only way to do it. Yeah. It it's the only way to again be efficient and competent with it. And um and yet have it completely out of sight. Mm-hmm. So 
I am trying very hard to help change people's minds about this because I think it's really important. No, that's good. And it just gives you more options and opportunities, even yeah. for the men. I, you know, this makes me think, do I want to start looking around for something that I could incorporate as off body, you know, maybe like my tool bag, take my tool bag, you know, it's got, you know, screws on one side and tools on the other, but could there be another little pouch where it's off body and it's something that I commonly find myself wearing, and, and which again is a pain in the butt when I have a holster on the hip, because yes. that tool bag is heavy and uncomfortable yep. on top yep. of that. But you see, somebody will be listening to you and then they'll shake their finger and your face and they'll say, Jared, no, 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 because you put that tool bag down. You set it down. You don't always have your hand on it. It's not always attached to you. Mm. And what you do have to remember is the moment you put that tool bag down, it is now a storage container. It is no longer just a holster. If, mm -hmm. it, if you've got it with you and your hand or strapped to you, then and it has a holster in it and a gun in it. Okay, it's a holster bag, however you want to phrase it. But you've got control over it. The minute you put it down, it's still containing that gun in a holster. But now it becomes a storage container because you took your hand away from it. Mm. Okay. Okay. So, so what? How far away are you going to get from that bag? Are you going to walk away and leave it in one place? overnight and not think about it are you going to um, i'm not a i'm not a dc uh police lieutenant i wouldn't leave my <laughs> pistol on the crapper and and go down the hall to do my paperwork exactly I'm, i would hold guns that have come out of holsters on waistbands have been left in airplanes they've been left in in restrooms they've been left in all kinds of places because it had to come out of the holster and now it's completely visible when it's set down. When you put that bag down, yes, it becomes a storage container, but nobody can tell there's a gun in there. That is true. But it may still be something that is, is attractive for someone to pick up and walk away with, but that's your livelihood. You're not going to take your eyes off of there or you're not going to be unconscious of where it is and who's around it. You're going to be, thinking about it in the back of your head all the yeah. time. And the eyes in the back of your head are going to see somebody who gets too close to it. And you're going to immediately respond to that. Just that, like any, any woman with a purse. That's very true. And also earlier, I was about to say, does Gucci make one? But you wouldn't want Gucci to make one because that's the target that they want to get to. So they would exactly. do their best to release. So you want to, you want to be just enough that you, that it matches your attire, but you don't want it to be the bling. Exactly. Ah, exactly. that's a that's a new point to think of. So you don't want a Louis Vuitton, you know, made for a Glock 40 cal. You want to, mm -hmm. yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. And I want to tell everyone, if you want to call in, the call lines are open, 385 899 three, four. And Holly should be here. I have a co-host, Holly, but uh, she had to do something. Uh, she was uh, something with her kid at his school at the beginning of the show, but she'll be here hopefully over the next five or 10 minutes, but they're open. All right, Vicki. Okay. 
So, yeah, I think that's something to keep in mind. You value your equipment just as any woman values her handbag, whatever she has in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And are women careless with their handbags? Yes, they are careless all the time. But again, as we said a while ago, once you make the decision to carry a gun, there's a whole new level of responsibility sitting on your shoulders that you have to be aware of every moment of every day that you're doing that. Yeah. It's, it's a matter of, uh, well, I'm going to say this right now. If you are going to carry, if, if you're making that conscious decision to carry a weapon out in public, to be one of, one of the people who's going to stand forth and defend yourself and possibly other people, you need to make sure your mindset's on point. You need to make sure that you're approaching everything in life responsible. And what that means is you don't get angry when you're driving. You, you show, uh, you, you've got to be the first person to, you know, if someone bumps into your cart in the, sh- in the store, you say, oh, my bad, sorry. You got to turn away. You have to change your mindset. Because you have to, I, you kind of have to work to be above reproach. It's just my opinion. Absolutely. We do have a caller, but I want to say real quick, uh, the call screener, Dwayne, says uh, he used to carry a man bag when he lived in California. Dwayne is is a refugee uh, from <laughs> California. I think he got, what do they call it? Uh what do they call it now when you run away from a country? Starts with an A. Um, the thing that's all over the asylum. news right now. Asylum. Yeah, he's he's an asylee from California. But anyways, he says, I love my Ruger Blackhawk. I think that would happen to, you know, carry in a man bag. I mean, I've got a old H&K USP 45 <laughs> that you, you would have to be high to carry on a hip. Yeah, this but, is a, that Ruger's a big one. It's guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, yes. want, you want to talk to Mallory? Yeah, bring Mallory in. Mallory, go ahead. Hey guys and Vicky, thank you so much for doing this podcast with Jared. Oh, it's my pleasure, Mallory. Vicky is a a pioneer for us women, and she has definitely shown me the ways that I need to repent, um, because I've always wanted to run and gun with the boys, but, and Jared, bless his heart, he's always been nagging me to do this off-body carry stuff, so, um, you're very inspirational, Vicki, and I've been hooting and hollering as you're preaching, because you're absolutely right, um, and I'll have you know that Vicki at the SHOT Show uh, she chewed a vendor's butt about not having any products for women to try on at the show. They had all the men's products, but they didn't have any products for women. And she let them have it because, as, as you were so accurately said, women drive the marketplace. Uh, they earned her uh, a little bit of her forgiveness by having uh, tactical pants for pregnant women, you know, for Ellie. Um, mm. But I loved it. I love you, Vicki. Um I just want to let you know that. Um, and she's right. Whenever I act um, naive, when I walk into a gun store, 
still to this day, first thing they do is walk me over to the revolvers. <laughs> yeah. She's yep. absolutely right. Yeah. Here's a beautiful M frame for you. Oh, I was angry. It, it, it upsets me. Um, and I've had, I, you know, I ordered a specific switch for my flashlight that I really like, and they brought they brought in the wrong one. And I said, no, this is the wrong one. This is I wanted the one that was more sensitive, you know. And they made fun of me. They talked down to me, um, you know. So I there are certain gun stores I will not go to. Um, so she's absolutely correct. Um, and I'll tell you what, you know, I don't care who makes fun of me for, uh, my 20 gauge or whatever, you know, there's just some platforms that are just too heavy for us girls, you know, with, you know, we don't have the upper body strength that you big boys do. So, you know, I need something I can run and gun with. So Vicki, keep preaching away. I love you so much. Thank you for doing the show and I'll, I'll get off. Thanks, Mallory. All right. Yes. Anyway, so uh, no, that's a good point. She so she she told me about this that that they're making uh, uh, pregnancy pants for law enforcement officers. How? What is that? What would go into that? I have no idea on what would go into that. Well, the front of the the pants have to be expandable so that over the term of a pregnancy, you can still wear the same. Oh, pants. okay. So okay. they look like maternity pants, but they're, <laughs> they're duty pants. And I, I thought maybe yeah. that, that they had, okay. So they didn't make any particular, I guess, gear, but they made a maternity pant that could work as, you know, right. you know, they, they looked at reality and said, okay, there are going to be women who are going to work during their pregnant pregnancy in mm. law enforcement or in security work. And so, uh, let's build them a pair of pants. Now, that's a small segment of the market, but you can't imagine how appreciative that small segment of the market is that there's something out there that's usable to them. Uh, just as when gun manufacturers started making single column guns, auto loaders instead mm. of all double column. Uh, yeah, the, the single stacks. Um... That that probably makes quite a bit of difference on hand size. The Glock forty three and forty two. I think those were the pioneers of it, weren't they? The Glock forty three oh, no, 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 and forty two. No. no, no, no. The first single column gun that came out specifically for women came out in the mid nineties, and that was the Lady Car, made by Car Arms. Oh, really? Yes. And how was uh, that one? How was the? It was, was it a good pistol? It was a wonderful pistol. Um, I had one. It um, it was a steel frame, and so it was rather heavy. Uh, but it was single column, and I could actually reach a trigger. And I have one of the smallest hands issued to an adult female. Um, but the car, the lady car, uh, fit my hand, and it was the trigger was hand polished at the factory. It was like pulling the trigger through soft butter. It was. Just wonderful. Really? So uh, it came with a really nice trigger? Yes. Because that's, I like Glocks. I, I think Glocks are a perfectly good system. I'm just not a fan of factory Glock triggers. I don't like that gumminess right before, right before it drops. Well, I don't like Glock triggers uh, because I can't reach them. 
because <laughs> they're and too far away. <laughs> they're too far away. And so to reach it, I have to turn my hand so far. The only le thing left behind the backstrap is my thumb. Oh. And if you're shooting a Glock 19, even two-handed, but your thumb is behind the backstrap, that's not enough support for a Glock. And after about four rounds, that Glock 19 will not function in my hand. And that's, again, one of the great myths uh, that has been perpetrated that, oh, my gosh, if that happens, that means you're limp-wristing it. Mm, mm -hmm. You know what? I can lock my wrist behind that gun as tight as a wrist can be locked, and it will still malfunction because there's not enough of my hand to provide support for the Glock. And so there's not enough energy for the slide to go back and forth. It's all lost in cyberspace. Mm -hmm. And and so that's one of those myths associated with women and guns. It's a mismatch and the gun won't function. That's not true with a Glock in 40 caliber that will function all the time because there's plenty of recoil energy. Because <laughs> they're snappy. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but um, it that's... Anyway, that's just one of those things that gets misconstrued and guys perpetrate the fact, well, you're, you are doing something wrong. When in reality, it's the design of the gun and the matchup with the hand, which are not compatible. Well, they, they design guns for their most common users. Males, probably, uh, average to mid-sized males. Or yeah, I'm sure on... I'm sure Andre the Giant with his finger that was, you know, 25 inches around probably couldn't use it in the opposite direction. Yes. yes. So what pistol do you carry now? What What's your uh, go-to now? I very much like the car, uh, the uh, Hellcat, the Springfield Hellcat. Mm -hmm. That makes an excellent carry gun for me. Uh, for a range gun, I often use a full-size M&P 2.0. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a Glock. I but it's everyone a Glock, has a Glock. It's it's a Glock forty two. Okay. Uh, because that is very easy for me to conceal. That's that three eighty model, correct? Three eighty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's super dependable too. I mean. Yes, and and it fits my hand, and I can conceal it. And nobody knows that I have that on, at all. Um, or you put that in a, in some kind of a bag, an off-body carry bag, and you you don't even know it's there. It's so lightweight. Yep. Yeah. the The reason I uh, I suggest Glock to anyone asking me is is just because um, you walk into the gun store and you look at don't just look at the guns or whatever you think looks cool. Is you look at the accessory rack and the magazine rack. What can you buy all the extra stuff you want? That's true. Yeah. But if you're, even if you're male, if you have a very small hand, you're going to have that same problem with the Glock. Yeah, and, very true. And so we run into a lot of problems with this, with husbands who say to their wife, you, you want a Glock. You want a Glock, he'll say to her. And so she'll come to class with a Glock and then it won't work. Uh, because her hand's too small. She has to turn her hand so far in order to reach the trigger. Uh, I can't tell you how many female law enforcement officers I have done remedial training with because they were shooting Glocks 
and and either the gun would not function or they would not qualify uh, if they were shooting a Glock 40 because the gun was just too big for them. That's another thing in law enforcement where they kind of have a uniform pistol they all carry. Mm -hmm. That's got to be kind of hard on the on very the hard. female officers. Very, very hard. On they should open that up to have maybe a secondary option. That well, they now can... that we have the option of the Glock 43 or the Glock, uh, get my Glock list out here, um, <laughs> uh, the Glock 48, mm -hmm. uh, which is also single column, but with the, the extra uh, rounds in the magazine compared to the 43, uh, the Glock 48 can can be a duty gun now oh, for, okay. for departments that are enlightened enough to realize that all Glock 17s and 19s don't fit everybody. So we yeah. can put them in a Glock 48. So, but somebody has to explain to the administration why that would be a good idea. Why putting a Glock 19 in the hands of a female with small hands may end up in being the worst thing they could do for her because of the Glock if that gun malfunctions because the slide isn't going to function, that's not her fault. That's that's a mismatch between the department rules and, and her physical capability, the size of her hand. She has no choice about the size of her hand. Mm. And if suddenly her gun doesn't work and she's in the middle of a gunfight, now we have trouble. Yeah. Yeah, until, somebody until somebody explains that, she is left out to dry. Because <laughs> that's the other thing I do besides off-body carry, and I've been doing it for years and years and years, is teaching law enforcement, male law enforcement instructors how to teach women and the dilemmas that come with taking all the things that you normally teach men and how you teach men and now trying to teach that to that female officer. It doesn't all work. Because she's not the average to large sized male. That is very true. Uh, someone says, I agree. People should be able to pick their flat platform in law enforcement. How would that work? Would, would the department say, look, that allotment for your pistol is $700. And if you go over that, that's your responsibility. And if you go under that, uh, you got to give it back to the department because I don't want to see him to make an extra buck, go out and buy a whole bunch of high points and come cruising into the department and put high points on their hip. Well, the way it usually works, a department, if, if a department is enlightened enough to allow you to purchase your own gun, then they usually have a list of those things that they will accept. You're not, yeah. you can't just go out and buy anything. But many departments rely on the fact that they all want to look uniform, uniform in terms of everybody looking the same. Uh, and so you have to have the same gun as everybody else. But that just doesn't always work. Um, why can you have different size shoes? Why can you change? Why can you change the setup of the seat of the patrol car, but still have to carry the same gun? I'm not going to carry point. that. I, I were it me, I would have, I would have, uh, you've got to have within this caliber range, you know, and I would say you have to have, I don't even know if I'd say magazine capacity, 
but you have to have this much capacity, this many rounds on you. So if you have a magazine that holds eight, I demand that you have, you know, 40 rounds on your body. And then you can make up that difference in a magazine. Yeah. And and they do it in various ways. Uh, certainly not all departments give you the option of having your own choice, but there are some who do. Mm-hmm. So. And if you're if you become an officer with that department, if you, especially if you're a smaller statured person, you have to make the decision: Am I willing to sacrifice my capability for the uniformity of the department? Yeah, why? I mean, there's so much hazard for a a department, a city, a community for that. I mean, not just in the aspect that 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 officer wouldn't be able to perform at that high level task, but if it all goes awry, then you've just given the bad guy another gun, and then that's mm-hmm. a then the city has to also cover the you know expense of that. This just sounds like a uh, a terrible chance you'd have to take just to make everyone carry a Glock 19 or a Glock 17. But I had in, in my course of doing this, I try very hard not to make that become an excuse for a female officer. If you can explain to her why she's having trouble and give her some methods to fix the problem, um, you might be able to bring her up to an acceptable standard. That's mm-hmm. not always possible. It depends on the size of their hand. Uh, so when I teach instructors, law enforcement instructors, I will take, for instance, their duty gun, which might be a Glock 19, and I will take them to the range and I will make sure that that Glock 19 no longer fits them that they have a long reach to the trigger and they understand what the weight is like. And then I put them through their qualification. And then when they can't do it, it's like, oh my gosh, we had no idea. Wow, isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. You had no idea this is why officers fail because the gun doesn't fit. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. So That is true. Uh, someone says there, I think it's Mallory. I have to, to, doesn't show up the name on the screen, but there are platforms I wouldn't allow allow officers to carry if I was in charge. Ruger, Taurus, and SIG P320 and Keltex. Yes, the P320, (laughs) the P320 does have a, it's made a name for itself. Let's just say that. Yes. Uh, Ruger's, um, I don't know. I, I feel like back in the early nineties, what was that Ruger pistol at nine millimeter? This very popular, um, seemed like everyone had one back then. The Ruger, uh, I can't even remember, uh, Caltex. Yeah. No, I don't disagree with any of that. G23 for girls. What caliber is the Glock 23? Uh, isn't that a 40? Is that a 40? Okay. Yeah. I and it, I mean, it's like some people, it, it's like everything else. Um, if you're picking out your pistol, you know, 
try to go somewhere where you can handle it, gain some training, uh, you know, find one that fits you and then run that bad boy into the ground, get another one like it. Yeah. We, we have to learn and we have to advocate for our students that you find what works for you. Mm-hmm. Don't don't take anybody's advice. This is the best thing since sliced bread, or this is the most popular gun in the world, or this is what you should have because, you know, so many people have it. And, and if your husband has one, you should have one too. No, 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 no. We should have what works for us. And yeah. that, that's both in the handgun and choosing a handgun and choosing a method of carry. Because what you're most competent with, what works best for you, yeah. not what works best for somebody else. And train with it. And train and train and train and train and train. Yes. Yeah. I, you can you can take a guy with the, the worst systems out there. If he's training with them, he'll beat the guy with the best systems who never trains. Every time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But if you have my life, uh, if you happen to be married to John Farnham, you have to be able to step up in front of a class. It doesn't matter who the class is, a, a group of, of guys in, in Utah or a group of Marines in, in uh, Camp Pendleton or Miramar Air Station. doesn't matter who. You have to be able to step up there and do exactly what needs to be done at the moment it needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And and that is what we try so hard to instill in our students. You don't get to pick when it's your turn. You're called upon to do something at the moment in time when it needs to be done. And that's how I was trained. You, you are always ready. You are always prepared. And you can always do it the way you're supposed to do it. Uh, and and there's so many times we hear, oh, well, I would be ready if if I just had <laughs> if I just had you know all the right stuff with me. If no, 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 you have to be ready because that's how real life works. That's how real life works. That is a hundred percent. Mallory asks, she says, Vicky, have you gotten any guys to wear the bra holster? and learn to draw and holster from that platform. Now I have, I actually have not, um, I'll have to work on that Mallory, but, um, she's referring to the flashbang holster. Yeah. Which I think is one of the best things to come along for women in my entire career as being an, an instructor. Um, I like the flashbang holster very, very much. Again, it serves its purpose when you really need to have that deep concealment, but perhaps you have to be dressed uh, in a more business attire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have worn that um, holster when lecturing in many places that perhaps guns were not welcome. How, but- how would that work? The, do they... Does it have like an actual holster in a bra, like a no, Kydex holster? No. It's a Kydex holster, and uh-huh. there is a leather strap on it. And so that leather strap then goes in, um, 
around as a loop around the center of a bra. Mm -hmm. And then you can tuck that up underneath the bra. And oh, so it sits against your body. It's right it's against your body. Just underneath the bra. And, and, and it's, your natural curves add to the concealment. Okay. Correct. And but now to use it, you have to have a, a, a shirt on. It could be a blouse, a, a dress blouse, uh, or a t-shirt. Uh, but it, you have to be able to, to get your hand up underneath it. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you mentioned uh, shoulder holsters a while ago. Remember the clamshell mm -hmm. shoulder holster? Yes. Well, the flashbang is a clamshell made out of Kydex. And so you're not drawing it. it and it sits horizontally. Mm -hmm. So you're not drawing it out. You're popping it down. Yeah, you're you're pushing it down like the... The yep. KGB holster is. It, it just pops straight down. So if my bad guy were over here, I would pop it straight down and come right up. So you, you'd you'd probably want to be uh, you'd probably want to go go away from flagging people by adjusting your body at moment of draw. Oh, absolutely, because you would orient yourself to the bad guy, to the target, okay. and so knowing that the muzzle you're going. Your hand may not be on the gun yet, but you're going to orient the muzzle so it's pointed right at, at your target. So when you pop it down, then come up with both hands, you're going to be pointed right at your target. You never flag yourself nor anyone else. Now, yeah. if it's sitting horizontal and you're my target, well, shame on me because now I will flag somebody. Mm -hmm. That's but where if, part of the draw is adjusting your body adjusting so that you can... your your stance so that you but that should always be part of your draw and, yes. and again if you have trained that way that's the way you will always do it mm -hmm. uh you will always orient yourself to the best of your ability to your target yeah yes mallory says uh she would need to have some cosmetic work to carry a g36 wrong, like that wrong 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 <laughs> wrong 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 <laughs> wrong <laughs> um, and she would be surprised um uh i have an instructor who works with me who um who happens to be taller than i am of course that's not a big deal to be taller than i am you can't tell how vertically challenged I am uh, on this screen. But uh, in order to get taller than I am, that particular instructor had to give up something else. Uh, so another part of her body structure is not nearly as well uh, endowed. And, and so, but guess what? She can use a flashbang just as easily as any woman who is very well endowed because the flashbang tucks up underneath Mm -hmm. And and um, this particular person uses a um, Smith and Wesson shield in her flashbang. No one ever detects it. No one ever detects it. And if you think somebody is, you just throw a scarf around your neck. There you go. All right, or Mallory, you hear that? Let's just not do the flashbang at range day. That would maybe get complicated and confusing and, for and a it, lot of the students. Well, again, the flashbang, like the shoulder holster, if somebody comes to class with a flashbang, and I would suggest not to come to class with a flashbang, uh, but if they did, they have to always be oriented so 
that their the muzzle is pointed downrange. So they're virtually at 90 degrees to the target. Mm -hmm. So the, the flashbang will always come out pointed to the target. And so, this arm is up and out of the way. Yes, yes. That's, that's a good point. All right. Is there anything you want to finish out with? And while you do that, I want to bring your website back up on the screen and make sure that everyone uh, has ample opportunity to view that and to, uh, you know, if they want to uh, sign up for a course. Let, where's your next course at? Uh, my next instructor class is in Lufkin, Texas. Okay. And uh, Lufkin, Texas. Yes. Where is that? It's in East Texas, about two hours north of Houston. Okay. Okay. You should come to one of those classes sometime. I would love to. I would love to. I would. Uh, right now, East Texas sounds nice because here in Utah, it's snowing. Um, <laughs> Supposed to snow here tonight. Yes, but in the middle of summer, when you have a course in a cooler place, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, you've got here, yeah. you've got introduction to defensive shooting for women. I think that's excellent. Fundamentals yeah. of defensive shooting for women. Yes. Unarmed self-protection for women. Tell me about this unarmed self-protection. Well, you know, there are things that you can utilize if you're not ready to use a gun. And mm -hmm. um, so even if it's uh, a flashlight and OC spray, you can learn how to take care of yourself. Uh, some people just aren't ready for a gun yet. But I don't yeah. like I don't ever like them to think that they are incapable of taking care of themselves. So we can use things like a knife or an OC, or OC spray or flashlight um, and good thinking. Yes, that's the key to all of this is good thinking, being prepared, being, uh, being aware of your surroundings and when to leave somewhere. Absolutely. That's, yes. you, you can't emphasize that enough that if, if the area where you're at is uh, going sideways, you leave. You know, right. just grab well, yours, go. First thing, don't be at that political rally. Oh, don't, don't be there. And second is get out of there. If yeah. things are going downhill, get out of there uh, the fastest that you can. So you don't have to make any of the other decisions. But if you can't get out, then do the best you can. Yeah, that's the thing. It, man, it's, it's, it's a weird time because right now the Republican side tends to have uh, big positive political rallies. And that tends to be, for whatever reason, a place where things go awry that turn negative is when you go to big political rallies positive or negative and man that's a that's a rough circumstance right now i know everyone wants to support their favorite political candidate but man yeah it's tough, it's tough well there was a shooting in in times square today uh, oh really yes a young 15 year old immigrant or 
immigrant, you know, who's been dropped in New York City recently. Yep, he uh, pulled out a gun and and uh, took a shot at a police officer and then ended up shooting a uh, tourist. And he's still at large, the last I heard. Uh, in Right here in the town I lived in, there was a fellow yesterday involved in uh, a shooting with a police officer. And then... Um, what town are you in, if you don't mind me asking? I'm in Fort Collins, Colorado. Oh, yeah, you're in Fort Collins. <laughs> we had a shooting yesterday. That place is growing, too. Oh, it's, it's terrible <laughs> <laughs> how it's grown. Uh, and we had a murder-suicide in town last week. A uh, husband shot and killed his wife and then killed himself. Those things don't happen. I mean, those two things to happen within less than 10 days of each other here in Fort Collins is like, oh my gosh, what happened to our town? Mm. And one was a domestic inside of their home. The other one is on the street, but it just is a sign of how unsettled things are. And mm. so, yeah, we have yeah. To, what we have to do to, to ensure our own safety, which Again, as John is like to say, sometimes the fight comes to you and you have no choice. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully you recognize it before it's too late. But yes, sometimes the fight comes to your doorstep. And we're in a very peculiar time where it seems like there's more crazies running around and more circumstances that the most of the time the government's creating to cause these issues, which makes half of the country want to restrict gun rights to keep these issues from having guns, which it never does. But that's the most important time when good, normal, healthy-minded people need to make sure that, they're, uh, that they have a, an ability for, of self-defense. And it's a complicated time. We're threading the needle right now. We certainly are. So, well, I appreciate uh, being on today. And, and I know we scratch the surface <laughs> yes well everyone it's dtiwomen.com uh, go there and check it out um you know sign up for a course now i i need to tell you mallory is telling me to sweet talk you so that our training group can either uh what is she saying <clears throat> Vicky, if me and my boys sweet talk you enough, will you come here? And this is Jared, sweet talker. Jared, make it happen. Jared, you know. <laughs> well, I'm always open uh, to a class, to a discussion about a class. That would that would be fine. Good, um, good. We can come up with something, and um, that that would be good. Yeah, and I love training. I love. Uh, shooting i love the the event of it the sport of it the the camaraderie that's built i mean there's range day is always the happiest day of the of the month for me you know <laughs> it is just the happiest day um but i i do think it's important i think if you're going to take a step into self-defense you you need to step all the way in. It's not just buying the equipment and the tools and and purchasing everything on Amazon that says tactical in front of it. You go the full route. You get the training. You get the 
the confidence. You build the build a community. You become and you have to become a type of person that will be able to walk amongst the regular populace and be a safe person. That means, like I said earlier, you've got to make sure that you don't become agitated at things. You don't get road rage. You don't. You've got to be calm and collected and observant. Yeah. takes a lot of self-discipline. Yes, it does. And, and self-awareness. So carrying yeah. a gun is not for everybody. Yes. All right. Da, 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 da. Holly is showing up now just as the interview is over. <laughs> I'm, I've got to go open the door for her. But Vicki, thank you for coming on. And well, I, thank I, you for having me. I would like to have you and John on uh, sometime together. I think that would be a real interesting chat to see because I've talked to both of you and both of you are real easy to talk to. And I think that'd be a, a fun conversation to see how the back and forth goes all together. It probably would. Yes. Yeah. That'd be good. We'd be delighted. Everybody, it's Vicki Farnham. Uh, remember that's DTI, I'm going to pull it back up, DTIwomen.com. Yes, but um, if they look at DTI Women, or DTI for Women on Facebook, uh -huh. that, that's where um, I I post a lot of things that, that I do. So DTI for Women on Facebook. Yeah, so check it out on Facebook. That's probably uh, more accessible for the average person because yes. that's more of a you, you make a friend with them and then you casually get to see. Right. And they can the see stuff. what I post. Yeah, that's outstanding. That's outstanding. So go check out DTI uh, Women, DTI for Women on Facebook. Yes. Go, go check that out. Um, if you're looking for a course, especially if you're carrying off body, keep your eye open. Find a course that is either coming up or complies with your geographical location or maybe someplace you want to visit. Maybe start planning your vacations around a good range day. That sounds like a plan to me. Good. Vicki, thank you very much. Uh, say hi to John for me. It was okay. a pleasure talking to you. And uh, hopefully we talk again real soon. Thank you, Jared. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.